Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Welcome on a Saturday evening. Time now is 5.06. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. And we are live every Saturday night here on KFBK from 5 until 7 o'clock. And uh, you can join us for the conversation throughout the next two hours. We take a look back at what took place in the past week, take a look at what's going on today, and, and a look forward. And uh, no doubt what we'll cover here over the next couple of hours uh, may be a few items that uh, did not appear in your 5 o'clock local newscast. So we have a little bit of fun and cover a lot of ground, and we're going to get to a number of items. There are some new poll numbers out, uh, which show some interesting dynamics in both the race for governor and for the United States Senate race in California. So we're going to get to some of those coming up in the next uh, couple of hours. Uh, The discourse in America, again, suffered another setback this week. Uh, The Roseanne Barr tweet, and then, of course, the Samantha Bee tweet. Uh, We're going to take uh, a deeper look at that and where we are in this country with regards to how we're talking to each other and what we're saying and what are the repercussions? Are they politically motivated? We'll take a look at that. Uh, new unemployment numbers out. Very good unemployment numbers. This economy is cooking. There is a concern now at the Fed that we could be headed for inflation. The uh, Fed is expected in June to raise the rate one more time to hold down inflation. But uh, anyway, the, 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 the economy is rolling along, and so we'll have uh, more on that. And also this week, another setback for the efforts to bring Major League Soccer to Sacramento. And that's where we're going to begin here uh, with the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Talk more about that. A big win for Cincinnati. Cincinnati ended up getting the expansion team. And we're going to play some sound bites from Cincinnati in just a moment. You can hear how happy they were. We'll let you know what the response has been for or from, I should say, the Sacramento ownership group and how they view this and how they are trying to assure their fans that they are committed to bringing an MLS team to Sacramento. But uh, this was yet another setback for Sacramento. So let's get right to it. Uh, Let's get to, first of all, this is the announcement of the new franchise in, in Cincinnati, a blow to Sacramento. This is the MLS commissioner. His name is Don Garber. He has been here in Sacramento, by the way. This is Don Garber in Cincinnati this week making the announcement. You're going to remember this day as a truly historic event for the Queen City, for FC Cincinnati, for Major League Soccer, and for soccer in North America. So congratulations. It was a boisterous crowd in Cincinnati. They were just delighted, of course, to get the team. Now, with the addition of Cincinnati, the MLS expands to 26 teams. That's too shy of their ultimate goal. So the MLS says they hope to someday get to 28 teams, a total of 28, two more. That does leave room, possibly, for Sacramento. The Soccer League began with just 10 teams in 1996. So that's how rapidly it has grown. Now, FC Cincinnati currently is a member of the United Soccer League. The team averages more than 23,000 fans for each game this season. They have great fan support. And Garber also talked about the rapid rise. Now, remember, Cincinnati was hardly even on the radar for an MLS team a year or two years ago. And shot out of the gate, they were unable to get a stadium built. 
all of a sudden the funding came through for the stadium, and that's what really opened the door for Cincinnati, in addition to the fact that MLS really wants to get into Ohio. And that is one thing that is maybe hurting Sacramento. There's another issue I'm going to get to in a moment. But what may be hurting Sacramento is the fact that there are a lot of MLS teams compared to the rest of the country here on the West Coast. And they would love to get more penetration in the heartland. And so that's why Cincinnati was a leg up. This is Garber now on the rapid rise of Cincinnati in this race to get the MLS team. You know, you should be incredibly proud of your meteoric rise as one of our continent's most incredible soccer cities. And it's a testament to so many of you that are here today, an event that I will promise you I'll never forget. And it starts with FC Cincinnati owner Carl Lindner and his family. So there it is, a reference to the ownership group. Now that's one big piece of the puzzle, and we're going to hear just a little bit more as to why Cincinnati beat out Sacramento. But a lot of this has to get back to money. At the end of the day, the Sacramento group is trying to find more deep pockets. MLS has come to Sacramento and said, okay, great, you've got a stadium in place, wonderful. You have a good fan base here. They're very supportive of this team. That's terrific. But they want deeper pockets. In the event that the gate isn't what they thought it would be, in the event that they don't sell as many tickets as they thought they would, there has to be a backup plan. There has to be money in the bank to keep the ship afloat if times get tough. And so Sacramento continues on that effort. Now, he talked about, Garber talked about the strong fan base in Cincinnati. We're going to play that bite in just one second. But before we do, think about this. And maybe you are a, a big fan of the Sacramento club right now. And is this a big blow for you? I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, were you hoping two years ago, oh, we're going to get an MLS team? And now I don't know. Or does it matter? I mean, do Major League Sports really even matter? We have the Sacramento Kings, but that's that's it for Sacramento. And there are many people across the country who say, look, these Major League Sports are draining public coffers. They want big new stadiums and they don't want to pay for them. Why do we need this? I mean, the NFL tickets are just ridiculous to go to a game. People aren't going. Attendance is down in the NFL. Some say it's because players are kneeling. Some say it's just cost prohibitive. You know, it's two, three hundred, four hundred dollars to take your your whole family to the game. It's crazy. Here's Garber talking about the strong fan base in Cincinnati. And of course, where you guys had me at hello when I got off that plane 18 months ago. To your incredible fans, you have folks have shocked the world and showed us that. It showed us that. You shocked the world. Cincinnati was a finalist for expansion along with Sacramento, and Detroit was also in the running there. Sacramento Republic FC, they play in the USL as well. They were considered a front runner for an MLS expansion team. And they said to their fans, we are committed to bringing an MLS team here. So, here's from the commissioner now. What does it take to get an MLS team in your market? And you showed us that if you have the right city, if you have the right ownership and management, 
if you have the right public support and you have the ability to bring fans together around this sport for a new America, great things can happen and the world has taken notice. And if you have a whole lot of money. He didn't mention that. Garber talked about the fan base and great ownership, and if you have great city leadership, he did not talk about the money. Deep pockets. And how much assistance is the Sacramento ownership group getting from city, county leaders? Are they pitching in? Are they actively going out? Are they pursuing? Or are they hands-off? Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Uh, we're going to head to a break. We've got a call already coming in. But if you want to call and weigh in on this, why do you think it is that Sacramento is unable to land an MLS team when it looked so promising just two years ago? And then on the other side, does it even matter? Do we even need a team? Do you care if we have a team? Or is there something other than what is obvious to us in the works here that we don't know about behind closed doors? It's a 515. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK, and we're back in just a couple minutes. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. A little toasty today. About 96, I think. Another 96 day tomorrow, I think. Part of the graduation season, right? Everybody's out in the backyard, maybe. Holding graduation parties. Trying to stay cool. My name is Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us. This is Weekend Live here on KFBK. We do this every Saturday evening from 5 until 7 o'clock. The phone number, 916-921-1530. We go to Dan in Citrus Heights, who joins us here on the phone. Hi, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm brave in the heat. I know that's hotter in a lot worse places like <laughs> right. in Arizona. So right, I don't right. have any reason to complain. Right, it's right. Hot. <laughs> but great show. Thank you. Usual, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, well, you're probably going to think I'm from another planet <laughs> when I tell you that I have never been to any kind of uh, basketball or uh, as far as major league sport of any kind. So you've never been to a single major league sporting event? Never. Huh. Ever. Why not? Are you a sports fan? I am. I was a fan of the 49ers before they beat themselves at the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, yeah, but you can't, you got to let that go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They, had, they had some nice teams. No, do you know what yeah. I mean? They would have been six and zero more than any other team in the NFL. But anyway, so, but you don't. But you. But what you're saying, Dan, is you don't see the value in a major league franchise in a marketplace. I mean, what, what does it matter whether or not Sacramento has an MLS team? It does. It and does matter. I, it, yes. And here's the reason, aside from generating revenue for the city, I think it all comes down to the all, the money, the almighty dollar, mm-hmm. Everything as does. you stated earlier. Yes, yeah. because this, I, as I told your uh, call screener, okay, if you have to decide rent money or a game at the Kings game, I mean, the right. average family of four poly – uh, has to pay at the least three hundred dollars because when oh, you go into no question, no question. I, I, do you know what I mean? I mean I'll tell you what, of Coke. Dan. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I think that major league sports teams are setting themselves up for a big fall if they're not careful. They yep. are. They are pricing themselves right out of the marketplace. Yes. And um, look, I mean, I tell people this all the time. 
I love going out to the Sacramento River Cats game because the stadium mm-hmm. is it's a it's a tremendous venue to watch a game. You're right on the field, and the quality wow. play is excellent, and it's relatively reasonable. I mean, you can spend a lot of money out there, but you can also not spend a lot of money out there. Right. And exactly. if I, I've said this before, if the economy were to go south at all, if that's oh. the that's the first thing people are going to give up is that big ticket. Oh yes. So, oh yes. Okay. I mean, because during 2008, I mean, people were not buying giant screen TVs. No. They were trying to pay their mortgage. Yes, they I were. Mean, they were trying the to hang, hang out of the house in the car. You bet they were. Yes. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Hey, Dan, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Stay cool. And uh, thanks for the call. Unemployment. Boy, were these numbers good this week. In May, unemployment rate felt at an 18-year low. Employers added jobs at a faster pace and wages modestly improved. The unemployment rate ticked down to a seasonally adjusted 3.8%. That matches April of 2000 as the lowest reading since 1969. Unemployment rate for women, 3.6% in the United States of America last month. That's the lowest since 1953. People are getting back to work. Now there's a concern about inflation. Fed's going to meet in June. They're expected to hike the uh, interest rates again to keep a handle on the interest rates. And then the you know the downside of that is it's going to cost more to borrow money, and that has realtors concerned because then, of course, the, the housing prices, which have been just absolutely skyrocketing, will slow down. So maybe that's not a bad thing. But at the end of the day, these unemployment numbers have been very good, and that bodes well uh, for Republicans and the incumbents who supported Donald Trump's tax cuts and cutting on red red tape and regulations. And we're going to get to some very interesting new poll numbers later on in the show uh, for the U.S. Senate race and the governor's race in California. Pretty remarkable. Um, And we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, Antonio Villaraigosa continues to just spend all kinds of money I mean, they've been dumping millions of dollars in that race, and he can get no traction. It's unbelievable. These numbers are incredible. We'll get to them later. Uh, time now is uh, 525. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Likely this past week will be remembered by most Americans, um, sadly enough, uh, for how the discourse in America continues to spiral downward. Roseanne Barr, of course... She sends out the tweet. Samantha B in a monologue on TV using an, some absolutely despicable language. But both of them. I mean, just it's just, you know, you, you get to a point where we're almost now expecting it every week, aren't we? I mean, we're expecting somebody to kind of blow up on Twitter or just to say something outrageous just to see if maybe their friends will support them or I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the motive here and I don't, I don't see the upside, but nevertheless, um, it was a big deal and Roseanne Barr lost her job. So we're going to start, uh, we're going to get into that right now and we're going to carry it over into the next half hour, but you can give us a call and tell us what you think about what took place, what was said. And, uh, as we go through this segment, we're going to talk about the punishment or lack thereof, depending on who you are. And is this politically motivated? But first of all, let's talk about Roseanne Barr 
Her show was canceled. She said that she pleaded with the network brass to save the show before ABC canceled it. This was, of course, right after those offensive and racist tweet that she let loose with earlier this week. She likened Valerie Jarrett, who was a former top aide to President Barack Obama, to an ape. I mean, there's just no defense of that whatsoever. And when she came to her senses, she realized that. And she tried to save herself, but it, it didn't work. So first of all, we're going to start off with an interview that was done on MSNBC of Valerie Jarrett on the left, of course, politically. And she drew a connection between Roseanne's racist tweet and President Trump. Tone does start at the top, and we like to look up to our president and feel as though he reflects the values of our country. But I also think every individual citizen has a responsibility, too. So she tried to draw President Trump into this. Well, by the way, sitting to her immediate left was Al Sharpton during that interview, who has, on more than one occasion, used the N-word. So... I'm not sure what Al Sharpton was doing in the middle of, of that segment. Because that man's used some extraordinarily questionable language throughout his, his entire life. Uh, time now is 528. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Now to balance this out on the right, we are going to hear now from the social media stars Diamond and Silk. And this was an interview that they did on Fox News. And, of course, Roseanne's show gets canceled almost immediately by the ABC brass. And they said, you know what? ABC executives, they have a double standard. She made bad judgments when she tweeted out something that was a little um, off the cuff, and mm -hmm. she apologized for it. Now, where's the apologies from all of the other people like the Joy Behar's, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Sonny Hostin, Jimmy Kimball? Where are the apologies from those people that work for ABC as well? Right. You know, why haven't their shows been canned? Because they've said some off-the-cuff stuff about our president and about conservatives, about people that support our president. What do you think? Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Is there a double standard? Are these network executives playing politics? If you lean to the right and you do something that's a little bit on the edge, or you go over the edge and you do something what Roseanne did, you get canned. But if you're on the left, what happens? Because we're going to talk more about what took place with Samantha B on the other side of this break. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK Weekend Live. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. This program is called Weekend Live. It airs on KFBK Radio. My name is Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Uh, more on Roseanne Barr and Samantha B. and punishment that was or was not dealt. Uh, but before we do that, we want to just take a quick step backwards. Uh, Linda from Carmichael joins us and has some more thoughts on maybe why Sacramento doesn't have an MLS team. Hi, Linda. How are you? Yeah, hi there. And um, again, I... I I'm a non-sports 
savvy person. This is just, you know, a, a, you know, on the surface looking at it, but from a couple of years ago, the way when that, I don't know if they call him the commissioner, but when the fellow came here and he saw the response of the fans, mm-hmm. and it was like, it was in the bag. Right. It was like, next time around, Sacramento's going to get it. No, so the league, no, this... I was really kind of surprised. Well, you know, Linda, you're not alone. Uh, this league, the, the Major League Soccer League, uh, has been promising Sacramento for many years and has made appearances here in Sacramento, and... And just as you said, uh, has all but pulled the trigger and said, "Okay, go, let's go." And it, it 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 it's mystifying as to why they seem to be so big and and so positive on Sacramento. And then every time there's a, a you know a new a new uh, team uh, that's announced for a city, Sacramento's not in the running anymore. Maybe there's a reason, though. I mean, I try to figure what happened. This is this is my take on it. As I said, as a non-sports person, in the past several months, we've had some pretty severe, um, we've had some pretty bad press around Golden One Arena where you had picketing, you had I-5 closed, you had fans not being able to get into the stadium yeah, for several days. You, I, had, I, you I, had people and there was talk about the police being told to stand down. I don't think, you know, I think they could t- take a look at that and say, hey, we don't really need that. There were people who were saying, you know, I'm sympathetic to the cause. I'm not sympathetic to what they just did. Well, yeah. And I, Linda, look, I, I don't disagree with you that that was a black eye in Sacramento, and that did not bode well for us, at least from a national standpoint, that type of headline here. It doesn't look good for the city and the city's image. However, I will say this. At the end of the day, it all gets back to money. You know, and I, I played baseball years and years ago in college, and I had one of my teammates used to say to me, Sam, in, in everything in life, it's all about the money. All, it's all about money, not a darn thing funny. And it gets back to that here. They need deeper pockets, okay? And that's why the Sacramento Kings stayed in this marketplace, because they had a Vivek Ranadive and a Ron Burkle before him. And these are guys who have lots and lots of money. And that's what the MLS wants to see here. And that so far apparently has not surfaced. However, everything else has been done. So I do think it is more of a money issue than it is a, a political uh, reaction um, across the country, but I appreciate your call, Linda. Thanks for calling in. And I want to go to Karen right now. She's from uh, Auburn, and I, I want to talk a little bit more about Samantha B and what took place. But what, what do you, you do? You have any thoughts about Roseanne and Samantha B and 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 the punishment that was dealt? Well, my opinion is that they couldn't stand the fact that it was so conservative, the show itself, and that it was such a big hit. And it doesn't matter how much money they were making. The fact that she made that statement, that was their out. They, so, were, they were looking for but, a way to get out of that. Oh, completely. And then for Samantha B, it should be SOB, to use the C word on the president's wife on a, on a picture that she's well, being it, affectionate it, with, with it, her son. Yeah, no, but Are I don't, but, but, but Karen, yeah, Karen um, just, just so you know, it, it was Ivanka Trump, not, not his wife, but it was his daughter. But that said. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see any of that. Well, it's okay. still it's still it's extraordinarily foul language. It's vile and it has no place. It has no place in our public discussion. And, and and she gets away with it. Yes. I mean that to me is just well uh, not not only vile. you know she, yeah. it's just horrible. Well, right. So horrible. she right. So she she issued this apology that some people say was not heartfelt. TBS, which airs her show, issued an apology but did not cancel her show. And then she. Uh, well, and the thing is, is that that was taped ahead of time. I mean, she knew exactly what she was doing. Well, they they it, issued the apology as well, indicating that they bo- they bore some of the responsibility. 
Now, I can't help but think when they do a monologue like that, that there aren't a team of writers and producers who go over that. I mean, well, there, you would think, you right? Would, you would think that somebody had some eyeballs on that. And if that's the case, did anybody stop to say, you know, this is someplace we, we just shouldn't go here? I mean, this just is just why, why are. Shouldn't even get close. Right. There. Right. You shouldn't even, even get close. close. I mean, I don't know about you, Karen, but I, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Johnny Carson and Carol Burnett. Uh, and no, Andy Griffin. Johnny Carson's my all-time favorite guy ever. Right. We were just watching it, my brother and I. I mean, and, and, and shoulder surgery. My gosh, Karen, if you go back and look at some of those interviews today, they are laugh-out-loud funny. That guy was hilarious. But and, there was never anything like that. Right. I mean, come on. That is just, that is just so It's offensive. It's offensive to all of us, you know, and, and, oh, and, they, can, and they continue horrible. and they continue to ram it down our throats. It's it's not and I, and and when they say oh well we're really sorry but we're going to keep them on on the air what, are you kidding me well, you're not really is, sorry I I think Roseanne's statement was planted at the apes it wasn't her as an ape it was well look there is just, Karen, I don't know Karen there is thing, no so there's no way you can no 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 there's no way you can defend what Roseanne did absolutely I, not that that is okay. just completely out of line she cannot yeah, I, compare. Valerie Jarrett to an ape. That's just out of line. And, and, and she's as guilty as Samantha B. And, and, and here, here's, here's, the, here's the issue in our country. How is our discourse, how is our, how we talk to each other spiraled to such a level? I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean that's where we... Totally. It's so disrespectful. It really it's is. Just, yeah. It really, really is. It's really, really bad. Yeah. Well, Karen, I, I just, yeah. Well, you have a good day. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate the phone call. I thank you so much, Karen. Um, and let's pick up on that point uh, with, with Diamond and Silk right now, because they they got into this this whole issue of not just what Samantha B said and not just what Roseanne said, but they, they in this interview with Fox, talked about racism in America and that they think this could be a real teachable moment. So here's one clip from that interview in which they said, you know what, racism in this country is not a one-sided issue. Because the word monkey, you know, black people call us that. That's right. Uh -huh. And we need to talk about it on both sides. On both sides. This yeah, is yeah, not yeah, one-sided. Yeah. That's right. It's not one-sided. It's on both sides. Mm -hmm. We're called monkeys. We're called coons and all kinds of derogatory names. That's right. And listen, you teach people how to treat you. So everybody want to be mad at Roseanne, who happens to be a white woman. You want to call her racist. Well, what about the racism on the other side? That's well, we right. have our black brothers and sisters calling other black brothers and sisters all kinds of derogatory names. Yeah. Yes, we have point. to. If we're going to have a conversation let's tell the truth about the whole conversation and not just be one side diamond and silk i'm guessing you know who they are if you don't they're social media stars they're very conservative they're young black women who have uh, been big supporters of donald trump uh, from from the get-go and they have drawn a great deal of criticism from the african-american com community um, the phone number here is 916-921-1530 1-800-834-1530 they also said that they think this could be a teachable moment. And I want to play that clip in just a little bit because they think that Roseanne should actually stay on TV. And, and, and we'll explain why that is and why they believe that could actually be a really good thing for the race discussion in America. Uh, before we do that, do we have time to get to the call, Luis, or should we maybe take a break? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. We have a call coming in. It's uh, 543. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We are going to take a quick break. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. And on the other side, we'll continue on with this discussion. Roseanne Barr, 
Samantha B and Race in America. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Calls are pouring in. We're backed up. Time now is uh, 5.48. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We do this every Saturday evening from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock live here on KFBK, AM 1530, 93.1 FM. Phone number is 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. Talking Roseanne, Samantha B., and race relations in America today and what happened this past week. Who gets punished and who doesn't? Renee from Citrus Heights joins us now. Hi, Renee. How are you? Fine. How are you, Sam? I'm, doing... I'm so glad to hear you on the on the radio. I was so upset when 13, <laughs> you left 13. Well, well, thank you very much. I, I do very much appreciate it. So I'm uh, I'm riding a new bike. And... Well, good. And I'm so, <laughs> I will be here every every Saturday and wherever else you are. So thank you, Renee. I don't have a computer, so I just don't know where. And I was so shocked when I was driving on the phone or driving in the car, driving on the phone. Yes. So when I heard you on the radio in the car. So, yoo-hoo. Yes. Anyway, um, I have a yeah real question. I mean, a comment. The Roseanne thing, I mean, that was, yeah, it was wrong of her, but it is such a leftist deal, you know? I mean, that Samantha, whatever Samantha, her name is. Samantha B., who used the C yeah. word to describe the daughter of the President of the United right. States. Right, well, whatever alphabet, whatever. I mean, it's outrageous. Yeah. Right. And But I was just curious because... Uh, things like um, that Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. I mean, he can do blackface and he can do all the nastiness that he does on ABC. Um, and then all these other, other, the other crap that they throw out there. So I, I should have said that. Well, that. that's okay. But, anyway. but I, look, I mean, it's an emotional thing. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and there are, there are a number uh, of Hollywood stars who have used extraordinarily questionable language. And I think that that's being, generous frankly oh yeah uh exactly. who who uh, either you know remain on the air remain employed uh with exactly. with no repercussions i mean there, there's clearly no. no there's clearly a double standard going on and here's the other thing i was thinking about this week renee you know I, it, it struck me about three to five months ago where we were sort of in in this area of well maybe there is a double standard but i'm not really sure uh-huh. and now and then you started to lean into well you know what i kind of think there is a double standard and then this week Oh yeah. Th- this week was was it's a convincing in your face. it was yeah, a it was a convincing blow for all of us that yes there is a double standard. Yes, there, there's no yes. question. I mean you 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 can't even debate it anymore. Exactly. And then you know they can they're fine uh, the black when they start saying you know kill whitey, you know shoot well, white man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I look mean, it's, look it's just and and, and and Diamond and Silk were touching upon this with in, with regards to race in America. There are racists in every culture, every society, every exactly. neighborhood. It does not matter what the color or religion. It, it it's just pervasive in this country, and exactly. And it's just, and we've got to really work on it. So, hey, Renee, exactly. I, there's so much hate. I I I am so glad to hear you back. But yes, thank we you. We should all do better. We can do better. Thank you. I totally agree. I'll be here Saturday from five to seven. Hope you join me. Thanks. Okay, Renee. Uh, Giovanni from Granite Bay joins us right now with, with with regards to double standard in the media today. Hi, Giovanni. How are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? I just stumbled across your station. Really, I 
I mostly listen to Limbaugh or uh, Dan Bongino. I, I can't stomach um, Michael Savage or uh, Mark Levin. I don't know for some reason. Maybe it's the East Coast accent. I just can't get it. Okay. But I just stumbled across your station, and you know the discussion happens to be, you know, on what Roseanne Barr said. I'm not African American, but I wasn't offended by it, and I don't find it racist. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, Giovanni, you can't do. I mean, look, what she said was reprehensible. I mean, you can't defend that. You can't call Valerie Jarrett or anybody. You can't liken them to an ape. That's that's just unacceptable. And. And, and, you, you know, and, you, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to talk over you, but I just wanted to say, because I don't know when you'll end this call, but um, it, it is it, it may be irreprehensible. But but in, in this current climate of things, it's almost like anything goes. man. There, and there. OK, Giovanni. And there therein is the problem. OK, you, you've hit at the heart of it. How and I ask this almost every Saturday. How is it that we have gotten to this point where this is acceptable and it's almost to a degree where we get up on Monday morning and say, okay, who's going to say the dumb thing this week? You know, I mean, how did we, how do we spiral like this? And it's on both sides. It's, you, you know, know. I, I agree. I agree. It is. And I, I think it goes back to, you know, what you're being taught at home. Um, you know, the music that, for example, I heard the other day that Wynton Marsalis said that hip hop music is destructive and dangerous. I've been saying that for years. And I don't understand why African Americans don't see how destructive and dangerous it well, is now, for now, their children. Okay, but now take a deep breath. You said how African Americans don't see that. Winston Marcellus is African American, and he's identified that. So there are people out there of all colors who maybe don't identify it. Okay. Right, and they're finding it to be a vehicle to get out of the ghetto. But you know that's not the way, man. That's sure. There's a lot of money there, but it's a destructive and evil lifestyle. Right. Uh, right. But like I was saying to the gentleman that, you know, screen your calls, you know, I have, I have many friends that are African-American and I, I've even lived with African-Americans um, while we were going through school. And, you know, we're very close, you know, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they refer to me as their N-I-G-G-E-R. But well, God forbid if I ever said yeah, that to them. Well, I know. You know? And, and, and I know that we say things in private among friends. It probably isn't socially acceptable. And, 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 may, and, and some people might, you know, find just distasteful. But... They're, they're just you don't do that on Twitter um, and all and all the other social media platforms. Giovanni, thanks a lot for the phone call. I appreciate it. I've got a few backed up and I do need to get running on this. Uh, let's go to Alex's in Sacramento right now. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, Sam. Thank you for taking my call. This is actually my first time ever calling into the to the radio station. I oh. listen to KFPK regularly, but I don't ever usually get to hear you. So it's a pleasure to be on. Well, with you. thank you very much. I appreciate that, Alex. What are your thoughts today? Yeah, no. For- so uh, I just wanted to make a couple of comments referencing the Roseanne Barr and the Diamond and um, the other commentator, I forget her name too. Um, but with Roseanne Barr's comments, I agree with you. It's very, very hard to defend them. And I'm not going to jump and defend her and say that, you know, uh, there's any way to, to come to her defense on that. So, right, right. Uh, but the, the thing is that she's attacking uh, a protected status, African-American um, culture, um, you know, um, ethnicity and stuff like that. We have in our society – uh, safeguards to stop people from receiving hate in re- regards to that stuff. And then we, we have the other the other side where they're bringing in how she feels like it's a double standard when they're not jumping to defend all these political people that they want to bring into the conversation uh, vis-a-vis Donald Trump and all the other conservative commentators that get flack like mm-hmm. um, on the media. Mm-hmm. Um, being a politician, you're a part of the, the public sphere. It's not a protected status, so it's hard to try to kind of equate this with what Ro- Roseanne Barr is saying well, when it comes to yeah, uh, right. Samantha Bee's uh, right, comments. But, as, but, as but Alex, Alex I mean, I understand what you're saying. And when you're a politician, you put yourself out there and you're on a public stage. And I, and I fully understand that. But 
at some point we need to take a step back all of us and 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 and, and think about what we're saying and the types of language that we're using the words that we are using matter and you can you can criticize a policy or or disagree with a policy without getting personal you know that's it's not needed and for some reason um we've sort of gone down this path and it seems as though it's almost like i said spiraling out of control and getting worse by the day yeah, right. I know for sure. And I agree with you, Sam, and thank you for letting me on the air. And I just want to say um, I appreciate you having the discourse. It's thank very, you. Um, It's very powerful to hear the conversation that you guys are having, that it's not fair on both sides of the aisle. And I think uh, I'll, I'll hopefully call again. Hey, I will. I hope you do. Yeah, we're here, uh, you know, Saturday nights, 5 to 7. We'd love to have you call. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it very much. Uh, we've got a caller waiting, but I don't think we have time to get to it, uh, Luis. I think we're going to probably have to roll into the break quickly. And, uh, Brian, if you want to hang on, we're going to get to you right after the break. We've had a lot of calls on this. The phone number is 916-921-1530. Uh, Toll-free number is 1-800-834-1530. I've got one more soundbite after the break that I want to play from Diamond and Silk because they talked about if Roseanne Barr stayed on TV, it could be a wonderful platform to have a great discussion about race relations in America and use her tweet as an example and make that the foundation, the basis of a program and write the script around it. Um, and at any rate, I'll let them explain it in their own words on the other side of the break. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live on KFBK. It's uh, coming up on 558. We'll be right back. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. 605 on a Saturday evening. Thanks for joining us. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. News Radio, AM 1530, 93.1 FM. This is a Weekend Live. This program runs every Saturday evening from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock, and we are live talking about the week's events and some of the stories you maybe not did not see on your 5 o'clock local newscast. Uh, we're spending a great deal of time and getting a number of phone calls on Samantha B., Roseanne, what both of them uh, tweeted and said, and the punishment that was dealt. And uh, we're going to get to Brian in Orangevale. He's been hanging on the line in just one second. But before we get to Brian, I want to play this final clip. Go, go this ahead is... and play the clip. I'll hold. Okay. Okay, Brian, we'll get to you in one second. You can comment on what, what you hear here. From Diamond and Silk, uh, they did an interview on Fox News. And they say that Roseanne's show should have been left on TV. They say that we could learn a whole lot if they dealt with this on the show as part of the script. Here's that clip. So what do we do about it? Well, what do we do about it? We stop calling each other names. That's and right. we come to the table and we talk about it. And I don't think that her show should have been canned. I think that this would have been a teachable moment to be on the show. Let's, let's, let's play, let this play out on the show. That's so right. we know how to treat each other. But that's not what happened. Roseanne's show was canceled by ABC executives almost immediately after the tweet w was sent out. And Samantha B, who in her show on TBS, in her monologue, used a very derogatory C word to describe Ivanka Trump, and her show remains on the air. And now, Brian, you've been kind enough to hang on uh, the line for some time. We appreciate that. How are you, and what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm doing well. And Sam, I've got to tell you, I'm so glad to hear your voice on the Sacramento airwaves once again. Um, uh, always appreciated your contributions and glad to 
glad to be able to uh, access your perspective again. Thank you, Brian. I do very much appreciate that. That those kind those kind words mean a lot to me. So, what what do you think about what we're talking about here? Well, I, I think our entire nation has gotten used to riding around on a hypocrisy bus, and like the British buses for tourists that are double deckers, ours has double standard, and this. Um, this uh, outrage over these insults only seems to go on one end. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't think, well, since grade school, I was taught by my family not to throw personal insults at somebody uh, if you disagree with their position on something or their behavior, but keep it out of the gutter. That's just basic human civility. And uh, racism should not be tolerated. These insults should not be tolerated. Uh, I think of Wanda Sykes, uh, who was a... Uh, comedian, actress, uh, mm-hmm. uh, producer, and writer for the recent Roseanne thing. She, in the last year and a half, has referred to President Trump as an orangutan because of his orange hair. Right. Uh, Bill Maher on HBO had yep. done the same thing. Yeah, he used orangutan as well. Mm-hmm. And showed a split-screen picture of an orangutan and then our president. He also referred to Sarah Palin with a C-word mm-hmm. and referred to her uh, Down syndrome son as being a, quote, retard. Well, in addition to that, uh, Kathy Griffin came out and supported uh, Samantha B. Let's see, who else? Sally, oh, that's, Fe- that's Sally that's- Field, a comedian named Billy Eichner. I don't know who he is, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And, well, film- and, and-, and filmmaker Michael Moore. I mean, that's no surprise. Well, he, well yeah, that's, that's, what, what else would we expect from that, that list? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, a month ago, when the French President Macron was in D.C. for a state uh, event, uh, President Trump dusted uh, dandruff off of Macron's suit shoulder. That night, Jimmy Kimmel mentioned, oh, look at the orangutan grooming his friend. Right. And, and right. you know, now aside from the fact that... Uh, and, it, and here's the thing. They do it uh, under the guise of comedy, and it's, not, and it's not funny. It's not. It's not. Valerie Jarrett, you know, that insult was... was uh, should never have, have been spoken. No. You know, regardless for association with the uh, terrorist no. brotherhood. No, 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 no. It, it should not no, have been no. said. That, look, policy has to be separated from these personal attacks. Yes. Now, I think it's interesting that on a recent episode of the Roseanne, she was, the character was upset because she had a Muslim neighbors and she distrusted them until she ran into the wife, uh, the Muslim woman, at a grocery store and helped her buy groceries because she was a little bit short. And and during the night, Roseanne needed to use the phone, and her wasn't working, so she had to go use her Muslim neighbor's telephone. Yeah, that was a teachable moment. And again, like Diamond and Silk are saying, perhaps uh, you know that could have been a learning episode for everybody involved. Well, I mean, can you imagine a script that centered on that you know horrible uh, tweet that she sent out on, on oh, Valerie yeah. Jarrett? Yes, I mean that that could have been a really powerful show. Well, I, I, I was surprised that uh, that ABC would pull the plug on their most profitable, most highly rated show they've had in years. Right, right. Yeah. But they did it for, for non-financial reasons. Well, and, for... you know, there's there's a buzz out there that maybe this show isn't going to go away. Well, what if, what if, I mean, there are a lot of networks out there that are looking for content. It's going to be a long, hot summer, isn't it, Sam? <laughs> well, it was 96 today and 96 tomorrow, so... <sighs> Yes, it is. All thank, you, thank you for the forum. Thank you for your insights, and thank you for letting me ramble on. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the phone call. Good to hear from you. It's uh, 611 here at KFBK. The phone number, by the way, is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Poll numbers are out. They came out this week, and these are interesting because, of course, the primaries are right around the corner. Coming up here next week. 
And uh, some of these numbers, frankly, I was a little surprised by and are not boding well for a, a couple of pretty big names in politics. Now, in Sacramento, since it is a political town, these names are probably more familiar to people here than maybe elsewhere in the state of California. But State Senator Kevin DeLeon is clinging narrowly to second place in the Tuesday primary for the U.S. Senate seat. Of course, the top two will then face off in the November 6th runoff. Uh, Incumbent Dianne Feinstein is uh, well ahead, according to a new poll. UC Berkeley Institute of Government Studies poll. It was conducted from May 22nd through the 28th. It was online. Feinstein comfortably the frontrunner. 36% of likely voters support her. De Leon, who is also a Democrat, 11%. And just a few percentage points ahead of a Republican named James Bradley, who had 7% of likely voters. So this Republican James Bradley, who a lot of people probably have not heard of, is just four points back of Senator Kevin DeLeon, a Democrat who has name recognition. And if Bradley were be able to pull off that upset, that would be a pretty big headline. Here's another interesting poll I'm going to get to in just one second with the governor's race. But I want to put that aside for one second because given the time on the clock, let's go to the phone real quickly. And let's get to David. He's in Wilton. Hi, David. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, sir. What are your thoughts about this? You know what? I'm, I'm, I even hate to say it, but I think the ABC execs may be geniuses. I mean, they cancel the show over the tweet, let it blow up on social media like it has, wait two weeks. Oh, Roseanne, sorry, we're going to reinstate the show. Most watched show in years. Yeah. But, I mean, a ton you, but of free publicity. So, David, there's there's a there's a, a new headline out there today. I saw that the show might come back, but Roseanne won't. You know what? I would be surprised. I, I'm going to take the wait and see because I really think they are missing a, a lottery hit here if they actually do. So, let da- that go away. David, I think you're onto something. Okay, and and here's how I could see this playing out. First, they say, no, the whole show's going away. And just like you said, then they're going to let the Twitterverse blow up and everybody can sound off on that. And then they'll modify it and they'll say, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll bring the show back, but Roseanne's not coming back. So that everybody else will have their jobs, who lost their jobs, and she felt horrible about that. Right. And then what's going to happen, I think, I wouldn't be surprised, maybe ABC will do this, or maybe another network will simply jump in and, and pick this show up. And they'll say... You know what? Maybe it's a good idea to bring Roseanne back and, and let's let's face this issue head on. Oh, I think they're missing a huge opportunity. And like like you said, if ABC won't do it, they're. I mean, TV's really really bad right now. Oh, I, mean, I think someone <laughs> would pick this up real quick. Yes, sir. You 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 hit it right the nail right on the head there. They they the TV can use some good content. There's no question about that. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Appreciate the call. Time now is uh, 6.15. Alan Dershowitz, who is maybe the foremost constitutional expert in America today, who campaigned very vigorously for Hillary Clinton, is a known Democrat. 
says that his friends who are liberal, who are Democrats, are turning on him. And we're going to talk more about why he says that's going on. And let's get caught up on the latest poll for the race for governor. There is a really interesting and I think rather surprising uh, lead on this story that I'm going to get to on the other side of the break. Time now is 616. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. The show is called Weekend Live. We're here from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock every Saturday night live. And the phone number here to join us, 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. Time for a break. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Six twenty one on a Saturday evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We do this every Saturday from five o'clock in the evening till seven o'clock in the evening. Taking a look back at some of the big stories of the week, the issues of the day, and sometimes a look forward. Looking forward, we got the primaries coming up, some new polls out in the governor's race. I want to get to that in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, let me give you the phone number. It's 916-921-1530 and 1-800-834-1530. And with that, we head to the phones, and Jim from Fair Oaks joins us. Hi, Jim. How are you? What's on your mind? Jim from Fair Oaks. Nope, we can't. We're having a little bit of problem in the control room. So, Jim, uh, hang on one second. We're going to get to you once we get that uh, that all figured out. Here is the latest poll on the governor's race that I found very interesting which crossed my desk this week. Gavin Newsom and Cox are padding their leads in the governor's race. Okay, we got Jim back. Okay, let's do that. Let, let's do. Let's go to Jim, and then I want to talk a little bit. I want to take some time on the on the governor's race. Okay, Jim. Okay. I'm sorry. How are you? I'm doing real well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I just noticed there's been a big um, to-do, basically, about the, um, Samantha Bee and her language referring to Ivanka Trump. And I agree that it's a pretty, um, you know, egregious statement to make. Right. But I do recall Ted Nugent having said the precise same word oh, I do, regarding yeah. Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After which Trump had him in, shaking his hand, making photo ops. So Trump doesn't seem to have a problem with that word. It's just when it refers to his family that he seems to have an issue. Well, look, I, uh, like, I, like I said, Jim, I, I don't think that there's a shortage of this on either side of the aisle. And what's, what, what, what's troubling for me is that we're going down this path. And I agree and, 100%. You know, and, do you and, feel, if I may jump in, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you feel, I feel personally that President Trump, for lack of a better term, has has contributed to that decline I think, in civility. I think that there are a lot of people who have contributed to it. I, I think more than most. Well, he's the president of the United States, so he has exactly. the biggest. He, he's he's got the biggest bully pulpit. There's no question about it. But and grabbing him by talking women but, by their private. But yes, Jim, I, I'm aware of that. But what I'm saying right. to you is, is that this is not a partisan issue. We have people like Michael Moore. And we have talk show hosts like Jimmy Kimmel, and we have Bill Maher, and we go. I mean, we go right. We go right on down the line here. Okay. I mean, I, you could probably do a two-hour show just trying to name all the people who have said these hideous things. And, I, I and, agree. And, and it's in, and it's in the name of either comedy or politics. And we we have for some reason we are able to distance ourselves between the two the two notions of just because you disagree on policy. Does not mean that you that it gives you a right to launch some sort of personal attack. 
I agree. And and it's and and, and it's what it's doing is, is it's just stoking the emotions in the debate. And there's no debate that ever has a good outcome when the debate is based on emotion. You never win that debate, period. I agree 100%. So. But really the point, the crux of my point is of hypocrisy involved by President Trump. Well, that's not just it's by President Trump. No, Jim, Jim, side, Jim, 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 look, you are falling into this trap. It is not just Donald Trump. It's across the board. Um, I well, sure. If you can't you see, if look, if you can't speaker. see, He's the one that is, is supposed to be our representative. Yeah, I, of course he is. Of course yeah. he is. But I mean, Nancy Pelosi says some things that are highly regrettable. You know, I mean, it, it's it's not like Washington D.C. is not filled with people who who say and, and tweet these things that are uh, that it's just one guy on one side of the aisle, and that's precisely my point. Is that w- we get we dig our heels in on our side and we always point the finger on the other side. But oh no, we're we're not guilty. Well, yeah, yeah, you are. You're just as guilty as the other side. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. So, all right. And I really am not trying to tear down the conservatives or the Republican Party or anybody else. It's just President Trump himself. I think that, as I said before, and I don't want to just waste your time, but it seems right. like he contributes to the lack of civility. Yeah, right. And in this right. case, it's just being so hypocritical. Okay. Well, no, Jim, you made, you made your point. I do. I do appreciate that. But what I ask you to do for the rest of the weekend is try to try to keep an even mind on this and an open mind, both sides. That'd be that'd be pretty helpful. But thanks very much. Appreciate the phone call from Fair Oaks. That was Jim calling him. Uh, let me get to this uh, poll. <clears throat> Excuse me. Democrat Gavin Newsom, Republican John Cox, both appear to be pulling away from a crowded field of gubernatorial candidates as we head into the primary. This is according to a new poll by UC Berkeley's Institute of Government Studies. Now, that this is the same group, the same outfit that did the poll on the U.S. Senate race with regards to Dianne Feinstein, okay? So... They did one on both the U.S. Senate race and on the California governor's race. Newsom, lieutenant governor, of course, and former San Francisco mayor, he leads the field. He has 33% of likely voters. Here's where this gets pretty interesting. Republican John Cox, San Diego businessman, comes in second. 20% of likely voters. I think this guy about three or four months ago was at like 6%. Then he went to 14, and then he went to about 16, and now he's up to 20 this is the real story here, I think. Democrat Antonio Villaraigosa. He's the former Los Angeles mayor. Okay, and Republican Travis Allen, he's a state assemblyman. Those two guys are behind the two front runners. Villaraigosa with 13% and Allen with 12%. The story here is how Antonio Villaraigosa has just not shown up. I mean, this is a guy when he was here in the state capitol. They they thought he was going to be the next big thing. They, they I mean, Viragosa was going to be the next big name in in the Democrat Party. He he seemed destined. And there are billionaires, literally billionaires, uh, from outside of California who have been pouring millions and millions of dollars into his campaign, and he's getting no traction. And it's really remarkable. And I don't know if that speaks to a bigger trend of what's going on in California politics. I don't know if it speaks to this specific candidate who has not been able to, for some reason, connect with the the, the voting base of the Democratic Party. But something has gone very, very wrong in the Antonio Vieira-Gosa campaign. 
where a guy who's been spending millions of dollars comes in with 13% of the vote a week before the primary and 7% behind a Republican, John Cox, and 20% behind the leader and the favorite, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. So, who knows how that's going to end up, but we may have, we may be witnessing what could be the end of a political career for Antonio Garagosa if he doesn't do much better. Uh, we are coming up on a break, but we have to get to Alan Dershowitz, the constitutional expert, um, a very liberal man who says that his liberal friends are now turning on him. Uh, because he says that we are facing a constitutional crisis in America. So we will hear what his friends are saying and why they're distancing themselves from him and how he reads the investigation into the Trump campaign and the Trump administration and why he's very concerned about constitutional concerns. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. It's Weekend Live. We have... One more half hour. Stick around. A lot of good stuff to get to. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thanks for being with us. 6.35 is the time on this Saturday evening. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We are live at the KFBK studios, 1530 a.m., Phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're here every Saturday evening, and we're live. And we discuss the big topics of the day, looking backwards, looking forwards, and looking forward, of course. We have the primaries coming up. And one of the big stories in the polling that was out this week, John Cox, the Republican who continues to gain ground. He's from Southern California, San Diego businessman. And on the phone right now is Betsy. She's from Wilton. And I understand you are a supporter of Mr. Cox, Betsy. I am, and I, I want to thank you for having a conversation about this race because so many of us in the state, Republicans, enough. We've had enough of what total Democrat control has done to the state. And I'm supporting John Cox because I think that he is the Republican that has the best chance of winning in November. He's been polling well. I've noticed that. You know, I, I saw his polling about three months ago, and I, I started to pay attention because he went from about, I, I think it was like 6 or 7%, and then he bumped right up to 14, which was a huge jump, and then he went to about 16, and now he's at 20. Um, but Gavin Newsom is the odds-on favorite, Betsy. I mean, that's that has always, the, 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 the smart money has always been on him, politically speaking. So it's a hill to climb for, for John Cox. Well, it is, but I, I think that if, with Democrats these days pulling their candidates further and further to the left, if they look at uh, Newsom on paper, he's a white, rich man who's funded by Getty Oil, and he doesn't exactly meet their uh, criteria for a progressive Democrat. No, look, look, Gavin Newsom is tied into big money, big money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. no, no question. And yeah. Gavin Newsom is not without controversy. Um, you know, right. he, and all you have to do is walk the streets of San Francisco and know that you don't want the whole state to look like that. Well, so I, I think if we do, if we do our job, if, you know, people have a different opinion, 
do their job and uh, just let people know that we want change in California, I think John Cox will have a good chance. Well, it's going to be an interesting election. I mean, this is, I've called it the, the bluest of blue states in America. And I don't know if you heard this story, Betsy, but there's a young woman who's running for Congress in Southern California, and she believes that there's going to be a big surprise between June and November, and that there's going to be a big red wave that takes over the state of California. That seems to me... Well, go ahead. I I think that that can certainly happen, especially when you look at the huge number of people who don't want to affiliate with either party, quite frankly. You know, as a kind of person that makes me say, okay, they don't want to be Democrats. Right. But at the same time, I think most people just don't care about you know, Betsy, I hate to say this, but we're we're kind of losing your signal. It's, it's getting a little choppy. But I, I I hear I hear your point, and I'm going to fill in the blanks here. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the number of independents who are going to the polls every year continues to climb, and it, it gets higher every year. Um, if, if Democrats try to run even further to the left, they're going to be making a huge mistake. And if Republicans try to go too far right, they're making a huge mistake. I mean. Traditionally speaking, when you look at politics, it's that candidate who grabs that middle moderate vote, the voter who will go either way. Ronald Reagan did it. Uh, Bill Clinton did it very successfully. Uh, Donald Trump, to a large degree, did it. And if the parties continue to alienate their base, Betsy's absolutely right that people are going to be looking for alternatives, even more so as we go forward. I mean, think about the... In the last race, the last three people standing running for president was Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, and Hillary Clinton. Of those three, one was considered to be an insider, part of the establishment. The other two were considered to be outsiders and couldn't have been more diametrically opposed on policy than those two were. They were on both ends of the spectrum. What does that tell you? It tells you that in America, people were fed up with the establishment. They'd had it. Two of the three were outsiders. Two of the three standing. Think about all those people who were running on the Republican side when it all started. Pretty interesting dynamic. Good phone call. Thanks, Betsy. Appreciate that. Want to talk a little bit about Alan Dershowitz. He is a constitutional expert. You've likely seen this guy at some point in your life or read a quote from him. He knows the Constitution very, very well. He is liberal. He campaigned vigorously for Hillary Clinton in the last election for president, and he has been defending President Donald Trump because Dershowitz, a constitutional expert, is very concerned that constitutional rights are being violated. And he says it's not fair to President Trump. Well, he also says that his liberal friends are turning on him. He did a recent interview with Fox, and he was asked why this is happening. Well, it's Trump. Trump changes everything. Just yesterday on Martha's Vineyard, there was a dinner party uh, to which I was not, my wife and I were not invited, but apparently I was the subject of the entire conversation. People asking, what's happened to Dershowitz? Why is he turned to the right? Uh, And I I wish I had been there because I would have pointed my finger at my liberal friends and said, it's all your fault. If you had worked as hard for the election of Hillary Clinton as I did, 
And if she had been elected and they were trying to impeach or charge her, I'd be saying exactly the same things in defense of her rights, uh, as I did in defense of the rights of Bill Clinton and also in the defense of the rights of Richard Nixon going back to the 1970s. Alan Dershowitz says, look, this has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with the Constitution of the United States. If Hillary Clinton had won and she had become president, and she were undergoing this kind of scrutiny and was the focus of this type of an investigation that has been going on now since the moment the guy took office, and we're still waiting for some sort of a resolution, and Dershowitz says, uh-uh, I'd be defending her too. Doesn't matter what party. This is a guy who can throw politics aside. That's a rare bird in America today, and it's a rare bird, especially in Washington, D.C. He says the criticism of him has gotten ugly on social media and that some of the remarks have turned anti-Semitic. A lot of the tweets that I get, hundreds of tweets and messages, a lot of them not only focus on what I've been saying about the constitutional rights of Donald Trump, but they related to me being uh, pro-Israel and Jewish and make an anti-Semitic thing out of it as well. And so, you know, there's not only some too much anti-Semitism on the right, there's quite a bit of it on the anti-Trump left as well. I'm feeling yeah. it. He goes on to say that the ACLU has become highly partisan and he says is now a political machine instead of defending the civil rights of all Americans. Here's that clip. There are no civil libertarians left on the left, certainly not the American Civil Liberties Union. They were the ones who said that the raid on Cohen's office, taking his lawyer-client files, was a good thing. Not even suggesting what I suggested and what was ultimately adopted by the judge, to have a judicial monitor going through all of these emails. The ACLU is dead in the water when it comes to defending the civil liberties of people who they don't agree with, and that's just awful the aclu is dead in the water they're playing politics they're not defending civil liberties finally dershowitz says we need to bet we need better standards we need neutral not political standards if we intend and hope to uphold the constitution if Hillary Clinton had been elected, a lot of the people who are supporting me and defending me on the right would be attacking me for criticizing the prosecution or the impeachment of Hillary Clinton. We need neutral principles. We need standards of constitutionality that are apolitical. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. If the shoe were on the other foot, the Republicans would be criticizing him. Absolutely. I just, you know, I saw the, I saw that interview and I thought to myself, this is a guy that we, we just we just need to hear from him because he makes sense and he cares about the Constitution and he's able to put partisan politics aside. And we can all learn from that. It's uh, 6.45. We have to take a little bit of a break here on Weekend Live. I'm Sam Shane. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Uh, we have Charlie waiting on the phone. We're going to hopefully get to him on the other side of the break and also... I want to touch upon Dinesh D'Souza. He was pardoned this past week 
by President Clinton, and uh, we heard from him in an interview and why he thinks that he was the subject of the investigation and prosecution under the Obama administration. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. 6.50 is the time here on a Saturday evening. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Thanks for joining us. We're here every Saturday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. live in the KFBK studios. Uh, there's just so much to get to here, and we're, just, I'm, we're not going to get I have a stack that I can't get to. We've just been cruising through this two hours. It's been a good show. Uh, I do want to get this before we get to the phone calls. Uh, Google this week. This is an incredible story. Listed Nazism as the ideology of the California Republican Party less than one week before the California primary. Google listed Nazism as the ideology of the California Republican Party. There was a publication out there that noticed it. They called Google, and Google then took it down. That's disturbing. Let's go to uh, Charlie Shelp. He's on the phone right now running for Congress. Yeah, hey, yeah, full disclosure, I'm running for Congress in the 3rd District, which is myself and Gary Mindy and another fellow from Backerville. But, hey, I'm a delegate to the state party, been one for years, and uh, I've met both the Republican candidates, and um, I wasn't going to endorse in this race because I'm running for Congress myself. But when I met the two Republicans, I was highly impressed with uh, Cox. He was... Has command president. You like you you, you, you you like John Cox, so you're yeah, supporting him. He's, he's, Char- uh, and I'm a, I'm a I'm a conservative conservative. Charlie, uh, well, well, I got you on the line. I want to ask you this uh, this tough question: What has happened to the Republican Party in California? I mean, how well, it, how is it that Democrats are just just beating you every which way, but but Sunday? Oh. It's our own fault. We 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 listened to a guy named Charlie Munger Jr., whose father is Charlie Munger Sr., who put the open primary on the ballot. And since we put the open primary ballot, his idea was it would make more. But, but beyond okay, but, we, but we, I'm not I'm not suggesting that our, okay. Our ranks decimated. Charlie, I'm, I'm I'm not suggesting the open primary isn't a factor here, but for some reason your message is not getting through to the people of California, and why is that? Well, the many things of the leadership and choosing the right candidates and. Uh, the swing to the left that California's had. But I think the person down in Southern California that's running for Congress is up straight. I think a red wave may be coming because the people that were anti-Donald Trump are seeing phenomenal uh, improvements at both at the, the economy. Oh, hey, the economy our- is cooking. I mean, those unemployment numbers this week were unbelievable good. So, yeah, I know. And, you know, we've got the North Koreans coming to the peace table. We've got... Charlie, uh, I, I, I agree. I think that there are some things you know, that are shaping up for you. Islamic, There's no question. The Islamic ISIS is almost gone. Right, right. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. So, so Char- people that, that are campaigning, well, we hate Trump and we're going to stand up against Trump like the Democrats are doing, that's going to backfire on them well, big time. The, uh, who, the American, American voters, including Californians, are not fools. Okay, Charlie, listen, thanks a lot. I, I got some calls backed up, but I appreciate you calling in and... Uh, that's Charlie Shelp running for Congress, calling in. He supports John Cox. Time now is 6.53. Let's go to Susan. She's in Auburn. And uh, hi. hi, how are you? You you support hi. Travis Allen. Yeah, you know what? I do. And I have some concerns in, with Mr. Cox, and a couple of them is I didn't like the fact that he voted for Gary Johnson. The Gary right. Johnson, what's Aleppo, Gary Johnson. Okay, Susan, before we get into all the specifics here, I mean, the, the reality is this. You you are just a few days out from the primary right now, and your candidate, Travis Allen, uh, trails John Cox by quite a bit. It, it would take okay, so, a... It would take well, a here's, 
well, the polls. Look what happened the last election with the polls. We, we all know what the polls right. did. Hillary. Right. I mean, let's keep it real. I'll tell you on social media wise, it is all Travis Allen. Travis Allen. Yeah. The energy. The passion, the young people, the engagements with Travis Allen. Okay. It's not with John Cox. Susan, I, I, I appreciate your, I, I can tell your passion for Travis Allen, and and I appreciate the phone call, and this is all going to get sorted out at the ballot box, uh, but I do, I have to get to this Dinesh D'Souza stuff before, before we get off the air here. Uh, he did an interview with uh, Fox News talking about what President Trump did this week. He announced this week that he is pardoning Dinesh D'Souza, he's a conservative author and filmmaker who pleaded guilty for about four years ago to violating U.S. campaign finance laws. Anyway, here's how D'Souza describes the phone call he got from the President of the United States. I was in my office just uh, working away, and uh, the operator came on the line and said, uh, is this Dinesh D'Souza? Yes. Hold the line for the President of the United States. And there was Trump. And uh, the president said, uh, Dinesh, uh, you've been a great voice for freedom. And he said that, I got to tell you, man to man, uh, you've been screwed. He goes, uh, I've been looking at the case. I knew from the beginning that it was fishy. Uh, but he said upon reviewing it, he felt a great injustice had been done. And that using his power, he was going to uh, rectify it, sort of clear the slate. And he said he just wanted me to be out there to be a bigger voice than ever, defending the principles that I believe in. So that was D'Souza. He's 57 years old. He's been a big critic of uh, former President Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. He was fined $30,000, sentenced in September of 2014 to five years of probation. He also spent some time, about eight months, I believe, at a halfway house in San Diego. Uh, but he believes, D'Souza believes, that he was singled out by the Obama administration purely for political reasons. Justice uh, is not simply a matter of, hey, did you break the law? It's also a matter of, was the penalty proportioned to the crime? And did other people who do the same thing get the same penalty? Now, I've become very familiar with these campaign finance cases over the past several years. No American in our country's history has ever been um, indicted, let alone prosecuted, let alone locked up. Uh, for doing what I did. There's just not a single case. And so what, was, what happened here is that uh, Obama and his, and his, and his team, uh, Eric Holder, Preet Bharara in New York, uh, these guys uh, uh, decided to make an example of me. Uh, and I think that the reason for this was Obama's anger over my movie uh, that I made about him. So D'Souza says that Obama was so upset by the movie that he wrote, Obama did, about it on his own website. And D'Souza said that he made an honest mistake. He didn't fully understand the campaign finance laws and the limits. He said that he pled guilty because the federal prosecutors were threatening more charges and longer jail time if he did not plead guilty. He says then President Obama and Attorney General Eric Holder went after him to get back at him. So now Dinesh D'Souza has received a pardon from President Trump on this particular week, which is another significant development in Washington, D.C., so we're coming up at the end of the show. It's uh, 6.57. I'm Sam Shane. I want to thank you for joining us here on Weekend Live. We'll be back here next Saturday from 5 to 7 o'clock live, taking phone calls, talking about the big topics of the past week, looking forward. And we'll probably be talking a little bit about politics because we're all heading to the polls for the primaries this week. So it should be very interesting. I'm Sam Shane. Thanks for joining us here on KFBK. And we'll talk with you later.